Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. Hey, and welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And we are uh, cutting this recording from a kitchen. My kitchen. <laughs> your kitchen once again. <laughs> the, go, the go-to place. <laughs> That's right. And John is AWOL again. Yes. That slacker. Yeah, we'll have to just actually go pick him up or something. He's at the dentist or something like that, so oh. I don't know. Late night dentistry. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, sounds like a horror movie or something. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we have a special guest tonight. We do. We have Wes here from, uh, I believe, the Kingston area. Is that right, Wes? That's right. That's right. And he is, I guess, the founder and one of the members of COPS, which is Correctional mm-hmm. Officers Paranormal Society. And so Wes and I already have a good connection. We're both correctional officers and uh, mm-hmm. interested in the paranormal. And we've been going back and forth for quite a few months now and finally got him on the line. Wes, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Wes, when, when did this uh, all come about, uh, the, the whole organization of, of COPS? Well, just before I start, I just wanted to say you guys have an awesome kitchen. Oh, <laughs> thank you. How, how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's remote viewing the, yeah, uh, the that's kitchen. That's right. Yeah, I have the chair pulled out for you. That's right. <laughs> I have to say, there's something about Bosch dishwashers I love. <laughs> oh, okay, you don't have a Bosch, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, how we kind of started was about uh, 12 years ago. Um, there was, uh, I've always had an interest in the paranormal and I asked a bunch of guys from work if they were interested in doing something like this, uh, you know, doing investigative work, trying to find out the answers behind paranormal activity and, you know, trying to experience all this kind of stuff. And, uh, I had three guys, uh, you know, volunteer to help me do it, which was, I thought was a pretty big task because, um, not normally would you ever find correctional officers wanting to do such a thing, you know? Yeah, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe uh, maybe I got room for you if you're interested. Well, there you go. An honorary member. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I so, got to try to start canvassing other uh, other places to get uh, more guys. I mean, there's only four of us. Um, I, it would be nice to have six. Um, but, uh, at this point we're, we only have four, um, but, uh, cause sometimes, you know, four is, is not a very big number to, you know, cover huge facilities like prisons. Um, however it is, uh, it does make it a lot more, um, well, what's the word? Um, it, it, it's a lot more quaint and a lot more, um, you can get a lot more, uh, evidence, um, without having people, um, you know, uh, destroying the evidence, if you know what I mean. A little more intimate with four people. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you only investigate uh, correctional facilities? Uh, no, um, we do. Um, well, we've done military establishments. Um, we have a place in uh, Picton, Ontario, uh, which is the uh, Picton Heights uh, the old uh, psychiatric asylum there. Wow. It used to be more used to be a military base at one point. 
Um, and then in 1969, it was taken over by um, uh, by the government of Ontario, and they opened up uh, a facility for uh, psychiatric patients of all kinds, children and, so and adults. So you tend to focus on places where people would be incarcerated. Yeah, that kind of thing, uh, where they've been oppressed and, uh, you know, things have happened, like violent things have happened. Uh, so more concentrating on, you know, negative energies. So when you, uh, I, I, I ask this to most of the guests that we have, is where what did your life, uh, where did your paranormal experience, did, did you have an experience before that got you interested in investigating the paranormal? Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, I've, I've had a couple things happen to me over the course of my life, but nothing where, you know, I have this big, long, draw, long drawn-out story where, mm-hmm. you know, I saw the ghost of my grandmother as a kid or, or <laughs> you know, um, you know I, I really don't have any kind of a story. Um, I, I mean, the best thing that I can say is that uh, when I was uh, about 15 years old, I was playing road hockey with a bunch of uh, my friends, and it was out in front of a guy's house, and he had an old house, and uh, I looked up in the window, and I could see, uh, and, and the best way I always describe it to people is, is there was this old man's face in the window, and uh, it reminded me of the guy off of the Canadian Tire Money, you know, that, that old guy with the big, you know. <laughs> right, the Scottish-looking guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, you know, but, but as I've been doing this, as I've been getting older, and as I've been getting experience doing this stuff, I realized that it was probably pareidolia. Right. So, uh, so I'm not so sure if I actually did see something, or, or if it was just something that my mind had created. Right. What about uh, working in the correctional facilities? I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, you know, as I know, there's a lot of residual energy in there, um, a lot of negative energy. And I have experienced things uh, at the two places that I've worked at. Uh, was there anything that happened at work that made you kind of, you know, lean towards the investigation as well? Well, you know, I, I, I work at, uh, the facility that I work at is relatively new. It was built in 1995. Um, so there's really not a lot of history there. And now that's not saying that, you know, there wouldn't be paranormal activity from something else. Um, but uh, I've never myself encountered any, anything at my workplace. Um, some of the other guys that are in my group worked at Kingston Penitentiary when it was opened, and they've had uh, several different uh, interactions. Um, one guy having, uh, you know, an inmate approach him on the midnight shift uh, only to find out that uh, it wasn't actually an inmate at all, that they were all locked up. He was very concerned because he thought this guy was got out somehow um but when he went to you know he turned it's that you know typical story where you turn around and then you, you go to look back at him and he's gone and that's you know, basically the was he the, uh, uh, was he able to go through the archives and see if he recognized the guys being someone that had been you know killed in there or committed suicide or died of natural causes well the thing is is and i'm sure you're probably aware of this is that there's there's so many, um, especially Kingston Penitentiary, because it was opened in 1835, mm-hmm. um, and and you know a lot of the records weren't kept in that you know that period shortly after 1835. So 
Um, he wasn't able to determine if it was, uh, he definitely knew that it was an inmate that was um, from quite the distant past because just of what he was wearing. Right. Um, um, but, uh, but other than that, yeah, he wasn't able to determine who the person was. So, uh, you yourself, you've been a correctional officer for how long? 25 years. 25 years. So you probably, now you say you work in a newer facility now, but, uh, where else uh, have you worked? I worked at uh, Millhaven and Joyceville and Collins Bay. Mm -hmm. um, those are the uh, well, Gladiator the, School. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gladiator School, Collins Bay. Exactly. Yeah, you know all about that. <laughs> yes, I've uh, I've heard all the stories. <laughs> yeah, it's not so much. It, I don't think they call it that anymore. Um, I know that Disneyland it was referred to at one point just because it really looks like it from the road. Um, but uh, <laughs> it in looks the like 19 a big castle, right? Yeah, exactly. In the 1990s, it was it was referred to as Gladiator School because it was a, a pretty rough place, and, mm -hmm. and I worked there for a couple of years then. Um, but now it's it, it's it's just corrections is you know, changed so much over the years. It's not the, uh, certainly not the business uh, I got into 25 years ago. It's, no. It's completely different. Now, are the uh, the facilities that, that you will investigate with your team, uh, are they are they very open to having you there? Um, as, well, the, some of the places that we've been um, offer kind of, uh, they, they do haunted tours or they do, um, um, you know, you can rent the place out for the evening or the night, um, with, uh, you know, with, with paranormal groups. Um, but nothing, we've been trying to get into Kingston Penitentiary, which has been closed since 2014. Um, we're still trying to get in there. Um, I, you guys might've known that there was a big rock concert there on the weekend. So, um, oh. there they're starting to uh, allow um, more, you know, public type events there. So we're hoping to get in there very soon. Um, we've got a line on it right now. It's just taken me five years to go through all the political red tape to get in there. But uh, so probably in the next year, I suspect we'll be in there. And uh, that would be a place that, you know, it would be kind of fresh, right? Um, right. Well, if you, need a, if you need a fifth member for the investigation, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all for that one. I've only been in the uh, admitting and discharge uh, area when I was taking inmates down there for the, from the provincial systems. But uh, it's, okay. and it's very, you know, if anybody's ever been to Kingston and seen the old Kingston pen, it is like the epitome of prison. Right. Like it's like Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but even creepier. Oh, yeah. And yes. Danny, you were just there, weren't I, you? Yeah, I, I did. The, we went to Kingston for vacation, and uh, it was a fascinating tour of the pen. Uh, plus, uh, got a little bit. I mean, we couldn't go inside, but got a got to drive into the grounds of the Rockwood Asylum. Uh, have you been there? I have. We haven't investigated there again. That's. Uh, we tried to get into that place. Um, we went through the proper channels, and they said it's full of uh, full of asbestos. So they won't allow anybody in there unless you have breathers or that kind of thing. And obviously, you know, doing paranormal investigations, that might be a little difficult. Um, mm -hmm. Although I might wear one of those if I got a chance to go to Chernobyl or somewhere like that. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, but I just I found both of them, both of those places, the pen and the asylum, uh, and just what we've seen, like very eerie, heavy feeling, and uh, yeah, it was just it was sad. <laughs> and you were just yeah. recently in Ohio doing an investigation, right? Um, that was actually uh, uh, a couple of years. Well, it, it depends where you mean. Um, like we were Mansfield at, uh, Re- uh, Reformatory, I believe. Is that uh, what it's I'm called? Sorry, you the one that you just posted on Facebook, the video there. Oh, oh yeah, that was from a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. That was Ohio State Reformatory where they filmed the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that place was uh, interesting. Loved the place. It was incredible. Um, lots of, uh, as you say, you know, like going to Rockwood kind of thing or K- Kingston Penn walking through it. Just that feeling you get. Um, we had some really interesting activity when we were there, um, and you, as you, if anybody's interested and wants to go to the cops uh, Facebook page, we're more than welcome. Um, the videos on there of our interaction with uh, a very famous resident there called Inmate uh, Lockhart. Now, uh, Inmate Lockhart, um, he burned himself alive in a cell by putting and basting himself full of butter. And uh, Greece, um, now nothing like Kramer off of Seinfeld where he sits on the roof and gets sun or anything like that. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Far more morbid than that. But, uh, so he, uh, he lit himself on fire and they said that the heat of him burning in that cell was felt like five cells down. It was so intense. Oh, now, um, we had an interaction there um, and we had... This was very late in the evening. It was probably around 3.30 a.m., 4 a.m., and uh, a bunch of us. We, we went with another group of individuals uh, that you may know of called CHAPS, um, Canadian Haunting and Paranormal Society. Okay. Um, Dave Gibb from CHAPS, and uh, there's, I think, six of them as well. Um, just uh, we, we do some of our investigations with them, like some of the bigger places, because it's... Uh, as I say, with four people, it's hard to really, you know, get a good uh, a good feel of a of a place like that. Yeah, you'd so, have to be there for like three nights, four nights to get a full, proper investigation, wouldn't you? Yes, exactly. So, so anyway, so it, and when you see the video, you can see, you know, there's a few of his members there as well, and I'm I have a REM pod inside the cell, and uh, we're in the cell, and we're trying to communicate with inmate Lockhart. And we're not having any activity at all. And, uh, you know, I mean, I got to thinking, you know, you know, as being a correctional officer and all, um, they don't really like us when we're right in their face, right in their cell. So uh, I said, you know, let's leave the cell. We'll walk down a few, a few uh, cells down the range and, and start talking, see if we can get the REM pod to go off. So, um, so we did that. Um, and I mean, if you watch the video, you can see the interaction. Um, I'm, I'm asking in on demand, it's going off. And then when I'm, I'm asking it to turn it off, it turns off. Um, and there's, there's, it goes on for about two or three minutes. Um, so that was a really, that was a really interesting uh, time. Uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, just, um, for some of our listeners that might not know, uh, can you describe a REM pod of exactly what that is? Yeah, REM pod is a, 
like a circular device, kind of like similar to a hockey puck, just a little bit bigger. Um, it has lights on the top of it, and it measures the uh, the, um, the electromagnetic fields, the intensity of electromagnetic fields. So you'll have four lights on the top, and the first light will go off, which means you know there's relatively you know there's there's a bit of a field there, and then as you get to the highest you know, all four lights will go off and uh, there's also sound as well. So, uh, so that's what, you know, basically it's, it's, uh, you know, this is what they say um, is, uh, you know, the start of paranormal activity. Now, now we're a very, very uh, skeptical bunch. Um, we, we try to prove as much and debunk as much as possible. Um, so we, I mean, obviously the equipment is something you can't, you know, I mean, you use it and you, you know, Nobody has scientifically said that detects paranormal activity, but um, you know that's our our best kind of idea that there that there is some there. And uh, by using it as a as a conversation device, like asking something to turn it on or turn it off, it's very uh, when there's nobody around it, it it gives you the idea that yeah, there's something going on here. That's right. When you do your investigations specifically at correctional facilities, do you tell the spirits that you guys are correctional officers? Absolutely. And, and we, uh, do you we notice that that, that that might get a little bit more of a reaction from some of the spirits in there? Um, sometimes, and then sometimes not. Sometimes they, they get very quiet. Um, you know, they're, they're intimidated. Um, so sometimes we have to amp up our our investigation techniques a little more. Um, one of the things that we like to do at the old prisons is do a, a mock count. Right. Um, where we go down the range and, uh, you know, we're, we're yelling for, you know, the inmates to present themselves um, and specifically see if we get any interaction from that. And how has that worked for you? Um, we've uh, heard screaming. Um We've heard um, uh, actually inmates mock us um, by um, uh, uh, laughing, mm-hmm. huh. um, and and it's it's something that you just you know you you know you have your your listening devices on to try to you know record this stuff, and often you'll hear it, but yet you won't be able to record it, and uh, but yet you know. You can hear during the EVP session that there's another person that's hearing it as well, but yet there's nothing recorded on paper or recorded on the actual devices. So mm-hmm. we've experienced that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a very odd thing, and it's it's almost like uh, you know, and I don't want to sound like a complete another geek, but uh, it's it's like you're like going through some kind of an interdimensional uh, rift, you know, like there's you, you're you're encountering something that. You know the devices can't hear, but you can hear. Like it's it's just it's it's a really bizarre situation. Mm-hmm. How many uh, actual correctional facilities have you investigated? Oh, um, uh, quite a few. I've been um, myself. I've been to England. I've um, been to um, a jail in Edinburgh, Scotland. I've been to a jail down in uh, Cornwall, England. Um, so I've done, I'm going to say like I've done maybe 10 major, um, prisons. Oh, 
Uh, I mean, there's not too many. I mean, ultimately, it would be great to get to Alcatraz, uh, but uh, that, that's something that's definitely on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a very famous place in England called Shepton Mallet Prison, which is also decommissioned, and uh, it's it's incredible as well. And now they've opened up that up to paranormal uh, paranormal investigations. So, um, so yeah, I've done quite a few. I've done the uh, the High Ottawa Jail up in Ottawa. Okay. Um, we've been to um, Moundsville. <clears throat> Excuse me, in West Virginia. Okay. Um, yeah, the ones in England have been Bodmin Jail. It's called. It's in. It's in uh, Cornwall, which is the very southwest part of England. Um, and then the um, the prison in Edinburgh is um, the uh, uh, Ball Prison, um, which is uh, it's it's right downtown Edinburgh, and that's that's a a very creepy place. It's attached to the Great Barrier Cemetery, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a crazy little place. Mm-hmm. Now, is there one that's really stood out for you as a, an investigator, like like one where mm-hmm. the, the, you got tons of activity or evidence or even poltergeist activity? Well, it's interesting because they're all different, and and you know there there's different activity that happens in all of them. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed Ohio State, uh, the Shawshank Prison, um, because even initially when we were doing the day tour of the place, um, I had something actually flip my ear, like just, it felt like a little finger kind of just flicked my ear, and I'm like, I, I've never had any kind of a physical um, interaction um, with any kind of paranormal uh, activity, spirit, or whatever you want to call it. I've never had that physical oh, interaction. We should so introduce you to John. <laughs> <laughs> the punching bag for uh, Poltergeist. Yeah. It's too, oh, wow. it's too yeah. bad he's not here. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... And, you know, as I said, we're very, very... Uh, like, you have to prove to us, you know, really, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt, and I hate to use that because that's definitely part of our legal system, but... I, I, we really have to be satisfied that something could possibly be paranormal. And, you know, even at that point, you can never say for sure, right? You just, you, you, you mean, you, you make the suggestion that it could be, but nobody really knows for sure what or have claimed to have actually for sure 100% have encountered paranormal activity. Right. The, um, Facilities in North America, of course, are more 1800s, 1900s. So when you were overseas doing some of the investigations, those ones must go back quite a ways. Well, yeah, this is it, right? I mean, we're in we're in uh, places that are you know 14th, 15th, 16th century. Um, you know, we've been to other places as well. Um, um, I, I work um, I work with uh, a guy named Richard Step. Um, he, uh, he and I have been working together. Um, I've been kind of doing it outside of uh, COPS, um, and I've invited the other guys, but um, we all have family lives, and, you know, it's, it's really difficult. But um, So I've been working a little bit with him, and um, he's, uh, I don't know, have you, either of you two know who Richard Estep is? The name sounds familiar, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, well, he um, he's on TV. He's on uh, Haunted Case Files, 
Um, he's on Haunted Hospitals, Paranormal 911. He, he does a narration for oh, some of the... Okay. Uh, All righty. Um, so any, but his, his claim to fame is he's a, quite a famous paranormal author. Like he's rated in the top 10 on Amazon in the States. Anyway, so when, when he, I, I go away and help him do, uh, like he'll uh, do research in a specific location and I'll go with him and uh, help him out. Um, and that's just kind of come about in the last year. This is just something I, I kind of went on with. Um, so, so he's kind of, you know, with his connections and everything, he's been able to get me into places like I would not normally be able to get into. And um, so that's how I've, you know, gotten through to England. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I, I like the idea of your organization there because, uh, well, first of all, um, you do go in mainly as, I'm not going to say fully skeptics, but you want to find out the truth, right? Just like a correctional officer or a policeman or anything, you're going in to find out the truth. Uh, and whether it would be, I mean, obviously you're going to run into things, which you have, which are unexplainable. So then they can be written as, as sort of paranormal. Uh, but am I right? You're kind of going in as, I got to find the truth in this? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like we always say, and this is how we work, um, is, you know, as I said before, we debunk, debunk as much as we can, and then whatever's left over, you know, uh, you know, there might be a small percentage left over that we can't explain, then we leave it to people to make their own judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, obviously, again, like I said, you, you can't prove the paranormal. Anybody that says that they can prove that there are ghosts, I mean, it's just, you know, we can prove that the possibility of ghosts or spirits exist, but to actually say that they exist beyond a reasonable doubt is, is not, uh, you know, nobody's been able to do that. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Uh, we're t- going to take a brief break right at this point, because Dan looks thirsty. after a long drive so uh hold on we'll be right back rather go there not knowing anything about it and then find out after what it's all about right just so you know the stuff that you experience um can be you know it it can be you know uh verified through the the information and the history of the place right okay uh all right we're ready to go so we're going to be recording in just a couple seconds here. Okay. All right. Uh, Wes is joining us from COPS, which is, once again... Correctional Officers Paranormal Society. All right. Based out of Kingston, Ontario. We've been talking about Kingston quite a bit in the on the show because you had your ghost tour there. and Yeah. And uh, you got to tour some of the, uh, yeah, the it, very haunted places out there well i just was amazed at how kingston now has pretty much embraced its dark history (laughs) well it's all about tourism right yeah yeah exactly but uh a lot of stories i mean we did the uh the ghost hunt or not the ghost hunt sorry the uh, ghost walk and the ghost trolley and and heard the stories of just a, a little tour of kingston as well uh so yeah a lot of dark history there do you agree that with that wes it has a very um, checkered past, Kingston. Um, there's a lot of uh, did. Did they explain to you the um, the uh, uh, skeleton park? Did they ever? Did when you're doing your ghost tour, did they take you there? Yes, they did. Yep. Yeah. It was a, a, a mass graveyard that was made into a park, 
and then uh, kids started playing there oh probably 30 or 40 years ago and all of a sudden these bones were sticking out of the ground <laughs> and uh, a lot of the places in that area um, that even their houses built on that part of that graveyard uh, have paranormal activity um, but but Kingston is uh, it's a mecca for for history and uh, anybody that's not been there I you know, I strongly recommend you do if you like history and, you know, there's old Fort Henry and all of its mm-hmm. implications with the War of 1812 and, you know, as you said, Kingston Penitentiary. Now you can tour through that. It's one of Canada's leading um, tourist places. Um, but there's so many different places in Kingston and it's a, it's a beautiful city. And I don't even live there, so I'm not trying to promote it or anything, oh. but I guess <laughs> it's good. <laughs> now, have you ever done an investigation at uh, Fort Henry? Um, We've been up um, to visit the place. Um, We haven't actually done an investigation there as of yet. Okay. Um, There have been, I think Ghost Hunters went up there, I do believe they had an episode. Yeah, Ghost Hunters um, did an episode there (laughs) a few years back, and uh, apparently it was a good one. They had, like, some poltergeist activity, and they had, like, uh, some of the the, uh, investigators come under like psychic attack or they had to leave one of the one of the uh, areas of the fort and uh yeah i think it was it was a a successful Mm -hmm. investigation for them yeah Yeah. it's a very unique spot yeah i hate to say it like we're kind of you know these kind of people who um you know you have this stuff right in your backyard but yet you're out you know going to all these other different places and we just we just haven't got around to it yet yeah yeah, because I guess they they got the um, uh, the military is there as well. Military college, yeah, right Canada. on the same, yep. yeah. And uh, <clears throat> even that would be an interesting place to investigate. Oh, no kidding! A lot of history there. Yeah. So Wes, well, there's been a number of suicides there as well um, over the recent years, and uh, unsolved, uh, you know, ones where they they don't really know why, you know, the the cadet has committed suicide and. Uh, it's uh, it's a very uh, yeah like you walk into if you ever get a chance to just walk through uh, you know the uh, RMC Royal Military College you'll you'll just you'll feel the just the the steep history that's rooted there and and you know the residual stuff that's going on that you know you might not even see but you would uh, certainly feel. You're listening to Phantom Faction podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Now, Wes, uh, our listeners love the scary stories. They love the ghost stories. Uh, what's uh, Give us one that's really stood out for you during your uh, years of, as an investigator. Well, um, I think one of the scariest was... Um, I was, uh, we were in this Bodmin jail in England, and um, there's a, uh, I mean, this this place is 15th century. Um, the person that actually does the tours there is, uh, she's a Wiccan witch, and uh, a beautiful woman, um, but uh, a very, like, I, I've, I've honestly, I've ne- out of all the years I've been on this planet, I've never met somebody that has the aura that she has. Um, just uh, like when you think of witches, you like you think of this, like you think of her, like it's it's uh, the way she she has this 
mystery, this aura about her, this I can't even explain. And and I consider myself empathic. Like I, I mean, I can. I'm a pretty good judge of character, and I guess that's why I've been so successful as a correctional officer, um, because you you can really read people with it. Um, but her, she she's a different character, and uh, it was about two or three a.m. in the morning, and we were going down to the lower cells in Bodmin, which is basically like a dungeon. I mean, you can just imagine it's it's black dark down there. You can hear dripping water. Um, it, it's got that smell, that dank smell of mold and and uh, it's just a really eerie place. Um, so myself and Richard go down there with her um, to go to this one particular cell that they've had a lot of activity in. And she goes on to tell the story about this certain individual that was in there. And he was a huge guy. He was, you know, six foot eight. Um, he was bald head. Um, and he was, but he had the mentality of like a, you know, somebody in grade five. And uh, he he was an inmate there, um, I think she said in the 17 or 1800s. And uh, but he had he had killed um, his entire family. Um, and when he had done it, he had no idea that he did. Like he was just that dumb, you know, that that stupid. I, he he just got mad, and he just you know he he would have these intense. Um, uh, out, uh, temper tantrums and uh, so anyway so she took us down into the cell where this guy was kept um, and uh, there, there's uh, ambient light coming in um, it, w- it was a full moon that night and I'll never forget it because it was it was coming in through one of the very small windows in the cell and uh, she walked in to the front of the cell and she turned around, and all you could see was the silhouette of her body. And uh, Richard and I are looking at her, and uh, she was saying, "Can you, can you see him, or can you feel him at all?" And we're like, "No, like um, we, we certainly, there's something, you know. It, it, I mean, your imagination, obviously, you know, when stuff like when you're in places like that, it really runs runs away. But um, so we're staring at her, and." I'm, I'm looking at her, and she seems to be morphing. Like she seems to be um, getting larger, and, and um, like her her silhouette. And I said to Richard, like I, I whispered over to him, I said, "Are you seeing this?" And uh, he says, "Yeah, like she's getting bigger." And I said, "Yeah, she's really getting bigger." And uh, she just started like, like just like morphed into this massive black cloud. Um, like a like basically the outline of this the inmate that she had described, and we're talking to her, and she's like talking normally to us, like nothing, you know, nothing. And I said, "We, you are transformed. Like we see you." And she goes, "Yeah, people say that this that happens in the cell when I'm down here, that I I start changing." And you know, like I've never, you know, I am such a logical uh, person. I I'm always seeking out the facts. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't explain it. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, my mind is just detaching from my head because I'm just so blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then within like, oh, about two and a half seconds, it's just completely black at the end. That's all, and all I can hear is her voice. And then um, within a second or two, it, it's almost like a vacuum. That blackness just 
disappeared. It just vanished into nothing, and she was back there again, um, wow. still in front of the cell, I should say. Now, um, <clears throat> do you think she was channeling him on purpose, or is this something that uh, just happens? Or like you know, these are things, and and you know, again, like it's hard for me to rationalize stuff like that. I mean, that's what she said. Like, you know, that, you know, he, she's the only one that can talk to him because he, apparently she's the only one that he can understand. Okay. And that she, you know, she talks to And, you know, normally I hear stuff like this and I'm like, okay, yeah, right. You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But to actually see and experience what we saw, like <laughs> it really made us, you know, take a step back. Um, so like that would have been the most, um, it, it wasn't really fear, but it was just amazement. Like, uh, because uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite possible that that channeling was happening, was happening. Mm-hmm. Have you, um, have you ever brought a, a psychic on one of your in investigations? Actually, yeah, we, um, we, uh, a, a lot of our residential cases, um, um, we'll, we'll use a psychic. Um, and we've had a couple of them. Um, the re- the most recent one actually is from Guelph. Um, uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Carrie Lynn Shellhorn? No, no. Oh, um, we'll have to check. Well, she's a, yeah, you can check her out on Facebook. Um, she's, she's done her own TV shows. Um, she's, uh, she does a lot of these dining with the dead events um, at different places. Um, um, she usually invites us down to, uh, you know, to uh, if she's going to a, a location that's uh, that's well known for paranormal activity uh, in October, we'll help her out with it. Um, and she also comes to the Heights too to help us out with our public investigations when we have members of the public come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she she is incredible. Like she, you know, I again I'm a skeptic when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but uh, I mean, we had a residential case um, where um, we phoned her up. We said, yeah, we have this residential case. Um, can you you know can you get any vibes or whatever? And she says, okay, well, like let me I'll call you back in an hour. I'll let you know like you know what I get or whatever. She didn't have any information. She didn't know where the house was. She didn't know the name or anything like that. In an hour's time, she came up with you know basically this woman's story. You know she she was living with her daughter in this house and she had no idea about that. But uh, she came up with that. She was able to tell. Uh, you know, what religion she was, what religion her parents were, and that she was, uh, you know, affected as a child by the religion. That it's it's a, one of those different religions. Um, and just how her whole life has changed with um, having abusive partners. And, like, it, it was just all right on, you know, right on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so up until that point, like, that really kind of proved it to us that she was uh, the real deal. Um, so in, in cases where, you know, we have situations where we aren't able to deal with, um, whatever's going on in a house, if we determine that, um, she'll come in and she'll, she'll help out, try to have, uh, the spirit packs, um, or, or that kind of thing. Now we've, we've never encountered anything demonic or anything like that, you know, out of all the places I've been, 
you know, I, 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 there have been things that have happened and, you know, they make you scratch your head and, um, but I've never seen a devil or a demon or anything like that. And I've been to hundreds of places. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's all, uh, you know, a lot, there's, there's a lot can be said, the difference between what you see on TV and entertainment compared to what we actually do, you know, as mm-hmm. investigators. Um, and, and these shows kind of, they really, I mean, they are for entertainment. They want to scare people or they want to, you know, um, yep. not, not try to give you the facts, you know, like, I mean, you, you look at shows like ghost adventures where, you know, every time they go someplace, they have the most amazing activity in the world. You know, it's, it's, it's just not like that, you know? No, no. We, we found that out a few times. <laughs> well, it can actually be quite boring. Yeah. Like people think, uh, you know, people contact me all the time and they say, Oh, you know, I don't want to be a paranormal investigator or, you know, can I join your team or can I come out with you guys? And it must be so exciting. And I said, you know what? I said, half the time we're sitting around wishing we were somewhere else because, mm-hmm. there's nothing happening or, you know, and maybe it's just that day or that night that the, the spirits don't want to cooperate or, you know, and, and then you'll leave and then someone will, will contact you from the location and say, oh, my goodness, you know, like the next day things were flying off the shelves and right. and I was hearing voices. But 99% of the time you're sitting there in the dark with your recorder talking to yourself. Yeah. And it's actually quite, it actually get quite boring. And if you're not a, a patient person like me, mm-hmm. you know, I tend to get up and move around and yeah, and uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a tough thing to to keep focused on a lot of times. Right. Wes, do you you consider yourself like do you provoke spirits? Like I know you said there because you're a correctional officer and you were in the cell at that time. Uh, you know, and you wanted to get face to face and figured that that would, would spawn them a little more. But other than that, like, do you, do you go in and try to really provoke them or, or just try to listen to them? Well, you know, it, it really depends on the situation. Um, obviously you're not going to do that at a public residence or anything like that. Um, in a jail setting, um, you really have to get a feeling for what's going on. Like I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of going, even before going, doing an investigation, we'll always do like a walkthrough and just get a feeling of the place, you know, do baseline readings, that kind of thing. But, but more just get a feeling of what the place is going to be like. And, and uh, you know, often, you know, often you, you might not even get what you want to get out of it, but sometimes you get an idea of what the place is going to be like that night. You know, you get little hints, um, um, it's about ear flick when I was in Ohio State. I said, okay, tonight is going to be a really good night, you know. Um, but, uh, it, you know, when I go into a situation, and as I said before, I, I kind of consider myself an empath, um, and, and, and get feelings when I go into places, and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because I am a psychic, and I am a, you know, I re- really uh, am a skeptic, and I really, you know, want the facts, but, but I, I, it's kind of this internal struggle with me. Um, but I, I can go into a place and I can get a read of the feelings of the place if it's really bad or if it's really good or, you know, like I'll go in on a day and, you know, everything might be fine, like in a prison, you know. Uh, but then I'll, I'll, I'll go in and then even a, maybe even a different hour or, or, you know, whatever the next day or, and, and it can be completely different. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's it's kind of a thing where um, you really 
Um, you really have to be careful. You really have to know what you're doing, and that when you're when you're provoking, like the, the, like the biggest thing that we like to try to do usually is is do one of these mock countups where we go and we pretend like because in for the viewers or for the listeners out there um, in a prison you have to do so many counts during the day count the inmates and make sure everybody's there and uh, usually I mean in the prison that I work at it's it's fairly decent and you know you just advise them it's it's time to count and they and they, they're ready for that they stand up and are ready but some places, the more harder places, um, you really have to be firm with it, and uh, you really have to come across very assertive. And uh, and so when we get that going, and, and and inmates do not like it. They they do not like being counted. Like they they that's a disruption in their day. They just want to keep going. Mm-hmm. So when when that happens, especially in the higher level prisons. Um, that uh, that creates a little bit of emotion, you know. So that's why when we do the mock count-ups, um, we just want to see if if that'll, you know, get the activity going. Have you ever had anything follow you home? That never happened to me. Um, one of my colleagues, um, he said something had followed him home, um, and... Uh, he had scratches on the back of his neck the next day, but um, I'm thinking that was probably the bar we went to after and the girl we went home with. But um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, like for me, I, I've never encountered that. I've always believed that um, um, I come from a, a, a family of um, ministers. Um, my, my dad was a minister. My grandfather was a minister. Um, four of my dad's brothers were ministers, uh, all the Anglican church. And I, and I've always felt and my great grandfather was a minister and I've always felt that, uh, I, I have a protection there that, um, that like, like when I go into a place that, you know, I, I have a feeling that, you know, it's not a good place. I always feel protected by them or by, or by the history of our families. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, for sure. Everybody's got their guardian angel, so to speak, right? Yeah. Now, what does your family think about what you do? Do they support it, or, or do they think that um, you're a, a mental case? <laughs> you no, know, well, there are people that do think I'm a mental case, but, right? You know, and I that mean, goes with working in prisons for sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it, it just kind of goes part and parcel with what we do you know there are the people that i think i posted a mem on on our facebook page or just recently about um you know how people look at you when you uh, when you tell them you're a paranormal investigator yeah, that's know? right i saw that one i saw that one that was good yeah yeah you get people that look at you you know like uh wow that's really cool you know like i've had so many people like oh I, that's so interesting and you know they get right into it and then other people go like do the old kind of look at you twice kind of thing and go, well, all right then, you know? So, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and family's the same way. I mean, there's some that are like, you know, think it's, it's a little odd, but, um, you know, everybody's got to have their hobbies and uh, their interests. And uh, this is just something I've always been very passionate about. So, All right, Wes, one more story for the listeners. Make it a good one. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> well, there's so many of them here. Um, I kind of wrote some of them down here. I got a little cheat note piece of paper here. Um, 
Um, well, we were in, uh, I was in, uh, at Mineral Springs Hotel in a place called Alton, Illinois, um, back in June. This is the most recent kind of, uh, event that happened. Um, and I was, uh, going into, uh, this, uh, basically Alton, uh, the, uh, Minerals. Have you heard of Mineral Springs Hotel before either of you? No. Okay, it, it's it's been like you know uh, um, investigated by goat hunters and goat adventurers, and anyway, it's this old hotel, and there's you know like your typical stories. Everybody you know that there's been people that have died there, and and uh, but we were we were on a late night investigation there, and uh, we there's a pool, and it's it's about um, well, it's in the basement of this hotel, and it's it's a giant pool, and it's kind of it's. It's it's now like closed down. The whole place is closed down, so the pool is empty, and you can walk down into the pool. Um, but as we were coming into the area, um, there were other investigators that were um, with another group that were investigating it as well, because it's it's quite a large building. And we could, as we were coming through the door, we could see them in the change room. They had their um, it kind of looked like a connects device or it had something that was um, some sort of a um, a tablet that you could see their faces shining in the in the in the the the, uh, the light of the tablet okay and so we thought you know well we don't really want to disturb them or whatever so we'll go over to the pool and go down into the pool now there's only one place in and out uh, to get down to the pool and it's connect and as I said the pool is connected to the the change rooms are connected to the pool so um, when we go in that door they have to come out that door so we we go in and we set up in the pool and we were just kind of being quiet down there waiting for them to kind of finish and then it's 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 quiet um, and but we're looking one of the guys is looking at the door the whole time from the bottom of the pool and nobody's gone through that door so we're figuring okay, where, where did these investigators go? Um, so we got out of the pool and went into the change room area and there's a hallway there and there's other little rooms and they were nowhere to be seen. Um, so we couldn't figure out um, how they left the area. We, we searched the place completely, couldn't find them at all. Um, and uh, we went... After that, we went back up to the uh, the main lobby area where the the guy that the property uh, uh, manager was there, and uh, we said, yeah, we were just down there, and you know, we encountered this other group, and we don't know what happened to them. And uh, he said, well, how many were in the group? And uh, they we said like probably three or so. And he said, well, the, all the groups here have a minimum of six people, and. Uh, um, there would be no reason why somebody would be down there at the same time you would be. So, so that, that really kind of, you know, baffled us. Um, hmm. I, I don't know if that's really scary or not, but it, it <laughs> definitely, you're in a place and it's really dirt and you see other people and you just pass it off because you think it's just, <clears throat> it's just, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just people, but then you find out that, you know, there was nothing down there, and everybody that was in my group saw it. You know, it, it, it's just, and nobody went through that door, like for sure. So it's just, you know, weird stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
Can I uh, give you one more story? Oh, yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> okay, well, one of the places, as I said, that we investigate is uh, the Picton Heights, um, the old asylum there, the old military base, which we do public investigations at. Um, so people will get the chance to, to come out and, you know, see what being a paranormal investigator is all about. So, um, so one of the nights that we were there, um, we had a group out and we split everybody into three different groups. So it's smaller groups and it's big enough that there's no noise contamination between the groups. So we were in this, in this one specific area where the children were, um, they were like, um, six to eight year old children were in the specific area of the Picton Heights that had like highly, uh, had very bad down syndrome or, or, um, um, autism and, uh, back in, you know, back in the day, they used to, you know, put these kids into facilities like this. I mean, it was just horrible. But anyway, so this one particular area is for all these kids. And I took a group of, uh, six people in that area. And it's, uh, again, it's black dark, but it's, it's quite a full moon. So the ambient light is coming in through the windows and there's no, there's no actual windows. It's just there. It's all open. Um, and we're standing there in this room and all of a sudden from the doorway, there's this black mass that comes along the full, comes along the floor and it's no more than about six inches off the ground. And it comes along into the, um, into the room and it goes around the room and then, then people are watching this black mass and, uh, they're like, Whoa, what's that? What's that? And I'm like, okay, just and uh, the black mass goes along the floor, and uh, I thought um, originally it was, I thought it might have been an animal, like a raccoon or something, because um, it just, the way it moved was like that, and uh, I had the flashlight in my hand, and when it got to a specific spot, it stopped, and then I flashed the flashlight on it, and there was nothing there. It just disappeared. Um, so, it, we, everybody, there's, uh, we had... I think three people that left after that. <laughs> it's been great having you uh, on our podcast, and uh, you do have a Facebook page. Yep, uh, the Cops uh, Correctional Officers Paranormal Society. You'll see our logo there. Um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me is uh, you know message us on our Facebook page and uh, give us uh, whatever questions you have. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.